driving a Lambo with Jennifer Lopez in the car at 10 years old. I don't know how much he chunked it. I don't think that he chunked it. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Okay, let's do this week in chunking. Uh, good name for a segment? Oh, yeah, I like that. I, I did just look up whether that's an Urban Dictionary thing. It has a definition. Chunking? Yeah. Is but it, we're just going to breeze past it. Is it for throwing up, though? No. Oh, is it, is it correct to the way we apply it? No. Okay. Cause Urban I like, Dictionary, I, with not enough votes, thinks that chunking is having sex with an overweight person. Oh, and I'm I, I could have guessed that, that like, too. I'm guessing that those entries happened in like 2008 or something. Let's, so what's re reappropriate is chunking it. Let's reappropriate it. Okay. Well, I, let's I uh I did you like steal that from somebody or like acquire it from somebody? I lifted it from sometimes in music you'll say like if you uh, especially on a guitar if you like chunk a note it's like i love kind of like maybe your fingers just like kind of on the fret instead of where it should be so you get kind of like a like that kind of sound okay just be like i know I, I chunked a note let's do that one again but i started applying it to messing up anything i love it okay. I, I i like it a lot okay well you're especially going to like this one because this one has a twist okay a person renting a cabin in tennessee left empty cans and fast food wrappers in their car. And that drew the attention of a black bear. And when the person got back to their car, they came back to go to their car. Hours later, guess what happened? The bear was taking a nap. There was a dead bear in their car because oh. the car, the bear broke into the car, couldn't find its way out, and just died. That bear chunked it. <laughs> Didn't think the bear would be the one to chunk it, did yeah, you? No. What an idiot. Usually, I like I'll feel bad for animals that die tragic deaths like that. But my man, you got in there. How do you not get back out? Uh, according to officials on Facebook, I hate that the only link I could find to the story was on Fox News, so of course they're citing Facebook. Uh, it <laughs> appears that the bear got inside the car by using its teeth or paws to open the unlocked door and was trapped inside after the door shut behind it, officials wrote on Facebook. We believe that heat likely killed the bear as outside temperatures exceeded 95 degrees yesterday, meaning the vehicle's interior possibly reached over 140 degrees, officials added. It's a tough I way honestly to go. Don't, I think that black bears are actually docile, right? Yeah. You're yeah, fine yeah, with correct. black bears? Yeah. I don't want any animal that wasn't doing anybody any harm to die. That's a terrible way. And obviously, we've seen bears go in extreme heat midsummer 2019. <laughs> that's correct. But that's like, I feel bad for Plus, that bear. I mean, he shouldn't have worn black in a 95 degree day. I know. I almost did over the weekend. I almost uh, I I I've been rocking a lot of Tommy Bahama of late. Shout out Poshmark. Just been making those thirty dollar purchases on used Tommy Bahama shirts, and that's not one, is it? No, this is a Amazon.com purchase from like four years ago. But it's not that bad a shirt, so Looks I've soft. kept it in my life. Yeah, it's not as good as a Tommy Bahama shirt. But when I was at Tears for Fears last week, which rocked. Uh, 
Mark Bertrand's brother was wearing an awesome Tommy Bahama shirt. And I said, I have to ask, is that a Tommy Bahama shirt? Yeah. How'd you know? It's like, because I got the same one. It's just used. It was great. We bonded over it. And uh, I know a lot of people that do. I, I know some people who, not necessarily on principle, but slightly on principle, will not buy new clothes. And that's like their way of... It's like a baby step towards trying to help the environment. And you probably get good deals. You probably also just get like shit that that is like not everybody else is wearing, which is really cool. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I've asked somebody like with good fashion, how do you do what you do? They always say, I just don't go to J. Crew. Yeah. And uh, I just don't know where everybody else isn't. I'm going to have a J. Crew story coming up uh, as part of the Father John Misty recap in this episode but the, we have a lot to get to so let's continue this week in chunking with uh probably a story a lot of people wanted us to hit on and one on which honestly i still haven't read up i'm still i'm just gonna do it for the first time here the ben affleck thing. yeah hell yeah affleck's kid 10 years old just smashing lambos well here's here's what i gathered from i also didn't read any of the stories i did gather some information from a few headlines his 10-year-old kid, mm-hmm. famously not old enough to drive, yes, uh, got behind, he was allowed behind the wheel mm-hmm. with uh, permission from both Ben and Jen. Yes. Jen was in the backseat. Not mom Jen. Correct. Ben's friend Jen. Yes, correct. Uh, uh, new mom Jen. Yes, p- potentially. Yeah. Well, yeah, like signing they up for engaged, it. Yeah, They are right? engaged, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So potentially new mom Jen. Uh, Affleck in the passenger seat. 10-year-old in the driver's seat, yeah. Jen in the back seat, a rented Lamborghini. I did not know you could. That's my first note on this. A rented Lamborghini SUV. Uh, they allowed him to drive it, and he backed into uh, a, a parked car, and I guess it didn't do any damage. Right. The kid's okay. Uh, it backed into a uh, parked white BMW. I do like to imagine they're like, oh, no, we're going to back into it. It's BMW. We're fine. <laughs> and that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are, we don't care about BMW no. rich because they're renting Lamborghinis, which yes. how much do you think a re- Lamb- Lamborghini costs to rent a day? I mean, a, like a Nissan costs like $200 to rent per right. day. So a Lamborghini has to be like $10,000 a day. Patreon.com slash listen <laughs> to let us Let us get to a point where we can rent one Lamborghini for like an hour. We've got big plans on things that we want to do. Uh, so get in the brunch Patreon. And if you're on there, you get to get such bonus content such as, hey, uh, does Vince Gilligan or Peter Gould have something with the feet? A lot of words on patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Uh, no pictures. That was the tasteful way of going about that because we are not foot fetish shamers. I don't even like to use the word fetish there. We're not we're not like personally foot guys, but we're not I, like right, correct. we're not we're not we're not yucking your yum if you're a foot guy. Correct. I just I, I just think that there's a, a tasteful way to approach it. I know too many people who appropriately and respectfully have been like, yes, like I am into feet and i th- this can be the end of that conversation yeah yeah that's totally fine so my and- biggest thing with foot, foot people has always been like uh a lot of them are just too shameless they right. will just be like yeah you, don't, show don't me your rude, feet don't, yeah. don't don't uh ruin anybody's day but 
the kind of vibe of how we just talked about that, that's the tone with which you will read this investigation into the relationship that Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul has with feet. Because, I mean, obviously, Kim Wexler, there's a lot of foot stuff. Lydia, tons of foot stuff. And ultimately... I don't even remember the Lydia foot stuff. Lydia, for me, is what kind of swung the balance. Because some of the foot stuff with Kim Wexler, you can say, I, I more took that is as like, like storytelling. Yeah, and, and I more took that as like she is like very professional, and so she's always wearing heels right. as part of like the job. And also, she's very well-dressed. And, and like, a, a lot of her thing is... Like changing out of that, correct? Like when yeah, she comes that is home, that is like her when she comes home. Jumping, into she sweats. takes off her her shoes and like she that's her like wind down. And like I know that like a lot of people are like, uh, you know, these shoes fucking hurt, right? So that's her way of being like, I've had a long hard day. I'm taking these off, and now I'm transitioning into like at home Kim. And w- without blowing up this entire Patreon piece, if you hear uh, us continue to reveal. What's in this Patreon piece? You have to join the Patreon because <laughs> that's legally binding. <laughs> that information costs a very small amount of money, but a very small amount of money that goes a long way when uh, the gang jumps in there. I saw some Patreon people at the Green River Festival over the weekend. It was very nice, a lot of fun. But uh, the. A lot of the foot stuff, like even Lydia, when she's descending the ladder when they kill Declan, you know, and she's going down the ladder into his meth lab. Yes. And she's wearing the uh, Louis Vuitton heels. And, like, you see the red bottoms. That, I feel, can be explained away so many different ways. Like, that even though she's, like, a killer, she's she always kind of thinks of herself as like above it and neat and clean it's the same or way that you can, the red can be blood like there's so many ways you could be like oh no this wasn't just we want to show feet right and i also think that it's like sort of somewhat similar to like the way that they approach gus where like right. gus is strictly business yeah. yeah right it is funny as i continue to rewatch better call saul uh obviously people are like older even though it's set previous to it not to body shame at all, but Gus does have a different physique. And it's weird because, like, Giancarlo Esposito is still, like, a skinny man. Yeah. But he's not the, like, stick that he is in Breaking Bad. But he still kind of has all of, like, the Gus posture and everything. Yeah. But there is one smoking gun in the in Breaking Bad that I think sways it into being that... They're a foot person, but I won't say that. You can read that on the Patreon. It's when Lydia kicks the bag of money to Walter in Gliding Overall. That was gratuitous. You didn't need to see it, but it was just like feet and heels. And now that that's been re- revealed, anybody who's listening is you now... You owe us $4. Uh, you, oh, you, you owe us big. Uh, so did did the kid really chunk it by backing into that bmw because where i'm sitting this kid's driving a lambo with jennifer lopez in the car at 10 years old i don't know how much he chunked it i don't think that he chunked it uh i think that with with no damage it's hard to say that he chunked it i would say ben chunked it by being like yo have have at it with this rented lamborghini 
Does I mean, that make him a bad dad or like the coolest dad in the world? Probably the coolest dad in the world, but also an idiot, a big time idiot. Why the hell? Like, let him drive I love your ben car more than anything. But let I him think drive that, your car. But he's like kind of an idiot sometimes. A hundred percent. That's why we love him. To quote the grabber, he was an idiot, <laughs> but he was my idiot. Correct, Ben Affleck. We're gonna. Talk about the black phone at some point, too. So, patreon.com slash listen to brunch. That's where you get the good stuff. Do you want to talk about... Do you want Do you want the Father John Misty recap? Do we talk about the black phone? Uh, there's a fun thing on Twitter that's been happening, uh, of which I'm really quite... Fun. Let's just quickly hit on that. Then we'll okay. do an ad read, and then we'll get to Misty. I want to get to Misty, yeah. But let's do... Uh, what, what Twitter thing are we talking about? Uh... <laughs> Flagging images as sensitive. Have you seen this? No, I mean I've seen images flagged as sensitive, but I didn't know that it was like a meme or an activity. It's a meme and an activity. People will respond to popular tweets and with a clever little line, and then an image that has been that they themselves flag as <laughs> sensitive. So a person needs to click on it to see it, and it's like a fun little tr- like treat of. What's it going to be? Like what's behind this door? I truly have seen this a few times now. It's never a sensitive image. And I want to give you the one was whenever I see it, I like smirk a little bit. But I saw one that was so funny that shoot, come on. Of course, now I'll uh, I won't be able to find it. Okay, so oh, Nutter Butter, did you see the Nutter Butter? I tweet? did see the Nutter Butter tweet. Come on, Nutter Butter said, <laughs> "Come N on, is for the way you nut at me," which I have friends who get mad at me when I say that some accounts make things and tweet things <laughs> to intentionally be ratioed. But we yeah. know this happens. Yes, one hundred percent. Case and the the one that we always fight over is the Bleacher Report uh, the, the, Olympic yeah, soccer right. thing. Yeah, yeah clearly just want to get a rise out of people but that one at least like that one at least i can respect because they put so much time and energy i respect into that one the, the most because it's so weird <laughs> it was the weirdest thing in the world and they knew that the response was going to be yeah but this then is they, so weird but then they deleted it oh right remember yeah, they cowards. did like that makes me think that like they didn't do it mm. to to just do that so i'm just gonna uh i guess i'm gonna have to cover this uh so, Nutter Butter tweeted, N is for the way you nut at me. A person responded with, I would, but this image begs to differ. And this was the image. It was two people, one praying behind the other one. Mm-hmm. And the one in front says differ on it. <laughs> so, literally, they were saying, I beg to, I differ. Beg to differ. And then another person said, this picture says otherwise, and it is a picture of Ronald McDonald that says, McFucking kill yourself. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, Twitter. I mean, it, obviously, don't find that joke funny, but the I fact do. that that joke was placed <laughs> in that like setting that they're like, oh, it's a bunch of corny things. So you're like, okay, I think I get what this meme means. And someone comes with like the most outrageous, horrible thing. I think that saying "kill yourself" to a brand is is okay, and especially done in like a in like a meme way. Like as long as you're not on Twitter, just like telling somebody to like yeah, kill themselves. Don't support yeah. self. But like, I I do think that like the there is like a there is just like a general humor and funniness to 
responding to something in a joking way by saying, kill yourself. I, 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 there's a lot of shades of gray there. <laughs> right, for sure. But I don't make fucking kill yourself. I, may, I, I, mainly found that, uh, I, I mainly found it funny that it was a very grainy picture of Ronald McDonald that had been doctored to... Say something horrible. Which, by the way, uh, that actually, so like that, legitimately actually should have been flagged as sensitive for sure. So that's what makes this one a real. But we've mind been. Twist. We've also been wondering on this podcast where Ronald McDonald has been. That's true. Where's Ronald? He was. Uh, hey Stringer, where's Ronald? He was. Ronald McDonald. Call Ronald McDonald. Where is he? My my phone's been doing a lot of. I've I've never talked to Siri in my life. And Siri's been answering a bunch of late. I said well, the other day, I said, I can't, I can't wait to see Dead & Co. And it just started playing a very good song by Grateful Dead, Jack Straw. I was happy to hear it, but had not asked for it. Freaking, uh, freaking Siri. I'll, I'll tell you what I uh, have asked for, though. A nice head of hair. God gave it to me. My parents gave it to me. And as I continue to live this... L'Oreal men expert one twist hair color life. We are now in the fifth week and we should discuss how my hair looks. Tell you what, I wore a hat for a lot of the day, but I did, I still did the whatever. Even if I have hat hair, I'm just going to take the hat off, Wouldn't run my hand through it a couple times, maybe put a little bit of wax in it. But my hair is looking and feeling so good right now that I don't have trepidation about just letting it fly. And as you've heard from week to week, uh, the one twist hair color from L'Oreal Men is covering up those grays. Sure is. And unlike traditional hair colors, uh, there's no root regrowth. The color fades naturally over time, so there's no line of demarcation, especially with a fresh cut or hair growth over time. The big thing with this, I love it so much, I say it every time, is that it looks natural. It doesn't it sure look does. like, hey, look what so-and-so is doing with their hair. And even if someone is doing something with their hair, I don't like when people say that anyway, but I know for a fact they're not going to say it about me. No, they sure aren't. And I mean, like, I don't think you should. It's one of those things that you should maybe keep to yourself if you do think that somebody is coloring their hair mm-hmm. because, like, that's a, a choice that they're making. Right. But, like, I do think that, like, uh, if you do it poorly, people are like, ah, that guy's trying to cover up. Maybe a little self-conscious. Right. But chops can't be busted with this. Keep it to yourself. And also keep it to yourself because you can't tell with L'Oreal. One twist hair color. Yeah. You know me. I've never uh, been disparaging when it comes to the old hair color. But I've been so floored by the L'Oreal Paris. L'Oreal men expert one twist hair color that there couldn't be razzing even if. Even if old Razzle McDazzle came in today, back from the dead, all grainy, wanted to do some razzing, I'd say, hey, pal, they got red, too. So if you need it, you're good. L'Oreal men expert one twist hair color. I keep smirking as I say that because I keep wanting to say L'Oreal Paris shade matcher because that's the thing we discussed last week, which helps you find your color. So... L'Oreal Men Expert One Twist Hair Color. It's easy. Comes with the gloves. Whole thing. Small little box. Small little worries. Gone. 
once you're using L'Oreal Men Expert One Twist Hair Color. This past weekend was, at long last, the Green River Music Festival, a festival in Northampton, Mass., that was so cool to us, gave us some passes, gave uh, us some passes to give to listeners, which... We did. Saw some listeners out there. It was uh, a great time. I was famously not there. Famously, Pete. I could not make not it. In attendance. I was very. I was. Uh, I was very bummed that I could not make it. But uh, wouldn't trade the experience that I had. I did find it interesting at Father John Misty. Somebody was wearing uh, Avalanche stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. And although, let's see. It ended relatively early. He probably could have gotten out and seen. The second and third periods. So this was Friday. Oh, is the when I thought it was uh, when, when it was game six. Game six was, it was Sunday. Sunday, right? Yeah. So this was Sunday. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a very good hat too. It was a. Uh, it was like ninety or no? It was like uh, when did when did they win last? Ninety seven. Uh, Two thousand one. Two thousand. When did they win before then? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe they won ninety seven two thousand one. When did they come into the? I thought that they only had won once, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I thought I thought that they won, got Ray Bork a few years later, and then won in his second year there. Let's see, Avalanche have won in. Uh, 96 2001 okay and uh famously in 2022 as well so congratulations to the colorado avalanche so they have a i i their merch is is very very good but i don't love their jerseys and or their like primary logo i don't think any of them are bad but like their merch far exceeds their logo and jerseys because uh, number one, like their their alternate logo is very cool. It's like the mount, like the mountain, yep. the triangle, and like the mountain. And also the state flag of Colorado is awesome. Yeah, it's a very strong yeah. state flag. So like they have very good merch. Same with the Rockies. Like I don't like the Rockies uniforms or their uh, logo. At least like the primary ones. But man, they have very cool merch. And I did buy the Colorado Rockies City Connect nice. jersey, yeah. which I'm so excited about. As soon as I landed in Denver, I was like, I got to get this Rockies jersey. I got to get this Rockies jersey. I went to the Rockies game the first Friday that I was that I was there, and a fantastic stadium, fantastic really? baseball stadium. Interesting. It is Coors Field rules. Uh, the atmosphere was awesome there. Definitely helped that it was a Friday night because I know that like Denver people not particularly fond on the Rockies, but they have like a ton of those like decks. Yeah. That like Fenway has the Sam deck. Yeah. And now they have like the truly deck, but uh, Colorado has like a ton of those. And I think people just go to like pregame and party and then they go out to the bars afterwards. Awesome. So it's a very cool atmosphere. The ball travels further as well. Famously correct. It's the air there. The, uh, do you think that the cup's gonna fly away as they celebrate it there? They're already <laughs> yeah, dropping it. They're gonna they're gonna hoist the cup and then they're just gonna lose lose it. It's gonna fly. It's gonna away. be like a helium balloon. Exactly. That's what, I saw somebody ripping helium at a bar maybe a month ago, and I had to I interrupted them. I was like, "Excuse me, are What's those real hel- helium balloons? And are you just inhaling them?" 
And they were like, yeah, sorry. And I was like, don't apologize, but the fuck's your problem, man? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. No, I think I actually gave them like the, the Jimmy Fallon. Like, Zips, like, absor- <laughs> Zips absorb. <laughs> no, I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> that's insane how you do that. It's a Jimmy Fallon impression that uh, I'm working on. Will of Circling Back fame does a an Aziz Ansari impression. I did catch that, yeah. I'd heard them talking about it before I actually heard him do it. And I was like, what could this Aziz Ansari impression be? Aziz Ansari just sounds like somebody from the South. Like, that's just... No. Like, it's um, a very high, like, and his inflection is very specific. I... I think it just ends up being a very animated person from the South. Like, fast. I would never guess that he was from the South. Oh, blindfolded? Yes, you would. I don't think I if would. You didn't, if you never saw Aziz Ansari. Maybe that's part of it. Because he's just like, I don't know, like not to like stereotype or whatever. But like, you oh, no, would no, never no. guess that like a little Indian guy would be from like South Carolina. Aesthetic, no, yeah, North a, Carolina or whatever Aesthetically, that was like a, they were not... Uh, brown comedians yeah. with southern accents doing bits about I just, whatever. I, maybe it, I don't know. Like maybe I just like have never like really like truly picked up on the southern accent. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just like his voice and like how high it is is always like the defining factor to me. Yeah. So but that's like one of the Azizes though, because Aziz will do. He'll just speak the way we're speaking right now. But the will impression <laughs> is always like. Crazy excited Tom Haverford disease. And I got to tell you, it's a really good impression. <laughs> they did a bit about what uh, it would be like if Aziz Ansari was there when Abraham Lincoln got killed. I saw that one. I was yeah. a big fan of that. Uh, Dylan, I believe, said that John Wilkes Booth, quote, put two in him. <laughs> I don't think that John Wilkes Booth went up and <laughs> reloaded. Shot him twice. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, don't, I think at that at that point, uh, putting two in him would have required a, a substantial like, amount of time. An intermission from the play. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, boy. It would have needed to be the opera that uh, Tim Heidecker <laughs> and his wife went to. Four-hour opera. Oh, I feel boy. like that those should be the gun rules in the United States now. What? Like, just go back to the old guns. That's what these laws were initially made for. Exactly. When they made them. You want want to abide by the Constitution? Yeah. Let's have Constitution-era guns. That's what you can protect your family with. Tell you what, man. A gun that fires one time and then requires uh, you to Amazon Prime more ammunition before you can reload it. Yeah. We had Dave Dave Portnoy being the voice of reason on On Friday. On the, uh, the Roe v. Wade. Yeah, everything that he said was completely true. He was like, dude, if any of those fucking people saw that we were still like doing shit off of that, we I I forget what his tweet was, but I was saying to a friend the other day, I was like, they didn't have fucking air conditioning back then. Well, somebody didn't know what air conditioning was. Somebody had a tweet that was like, I don't know if we should be uh, like, like, uh, like strictly sticking by uh, like a 200 year old document. That uh, was written by people that would be shocked by the sight of a microwave. Yeah. Like, maybe that shouldn't be held as true, like, hard gospel. Yeah. It's heartbreaking because I feel like there's so much, like, I see so many eloquent good points made that are, like, you say, like, yes, obviously, yes, everybody should understand that. But it's like, we're saying it to people who 
get it. It's such an easy yeah. thing to get and understand, I don't think there's... but a shitload of people have just fucking decided we're just not going to fucking listen, and yeah. uh, we've decided that uh, we disagree. Haven't even heard what the argument is, but we've just decided we disagree, so that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, like, I, ca- I can't imagine too many people listening to this podcast are, like, right. are not on board with being like, yo, what the fuck is going on? But... It, truly like what the fuck is going on yeah. it's crazy uh that it, was like a that, that was a tough to find anything and not that like when the day ends anything changes but that's like that was like a pillar difficult to find anything funny or entertaining no. or like want to go to work we do a thing on it's the been a sh- while since there's been like a true doom scrolling day right. or like a not even doom scrolling but like just feeling a sense of doom. Yeah. It's been a while since there's been that, and that was definitely one of those days where I was like, where are we going? And like, this seems like it's probably the first of many like r- truly terrible things. We do a show. Uh, we do a thing on the show I do at work at the end. It's... Uh... What's bugging you? Which is basically, it's like a, it's like a kind of what's grinding. Right. My gears yeah, I was gonna thing. say, uh, n- not my idea, but it's a good segment, and uh, the 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 people who usually do it uh, do a very good job at it. And I was like, yeah, we we can't do that segment today because I. I, I, Saying anything other than the, yeah, the exactly. elephant in the room is yeah. I am not gonna. I was like, unless it's like, like we uh, all agree America that it's this thing is bugging me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Very sorry to anybody out there that is like being like quite doomstruck or uh, and just so like many people are very stressed out about this because. I mean, holy fuck. I can't imagine. The stories that I've seen people share that they probably weren't planning on right. sharing that they ne- that they now feel obligated it, it to almost, share. It almost feels like being like forcefully outed in a way where it's like, I should be able to, to do this on my own terms. Right. I should be able to share my experience on my own terms. Without having to explain every like X's and O and every detail. Right. And, like, now I feel like people are being forced to share very personal things and very, like, often traumatic experiences that they didn't want to share. But now they feel is, like, imperative and really important to send a message to other people that don't get it. Yeah. And to fucking help and make other people feel better knowing that They're nobody else alone. is fucking looking for, out for that yeah, right. person. So it shouldn't be. Yeah, it sucks. It shouldn't be. uh Shouldn't be your problem, honestly, but that's the... It now has become everybody's problem. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, Father John Misty w- headlined the Green River Festival, came out and said... I And I thought, like, it's like uh, when Trump got uh, the the Republican nom, that's... It was the day after that that he went out and, like, flipped out on stage and just, like said a lot of things that made sense, but it was taken as like, ah, crazy man has rant on stage. And I was like, he was, he was headlining this festival by himself doing a solo show. It was just him and uh, his pianist, John. And 
Uh, the way that you say that is for a lot of reasons. So close to the word penis. Oh yeah. Oh dude, fucking uh, chorus DJ had a. Actually, no. Honestly, once I was like a sophomore in high school, I was over that. What the penis? Like laughing at pianist. It's so close. But like, see, I mean, I it's like, so, so I like, close. Seniors are laughing at this. This is clearly funny. <laughs> is it not pianist? Pianist. You really didn't know that it's pianist? No. Pianist. Hey, now. It's piano. Whoa. Why is it not pianist? Are you aware which language we're talking about here? (laughs) The stupidest, most nonsensical... This is just the anti-America podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, English. Stupid language. Although I think... I like like the word pianist better than uh, pianist. Pianist sounds bad. Pianist? Pianist sounds bad. Pianist sounds... Well, pianist is what the word is, so maybe that's why it sounds better and right, but... It just sounds so close to penis. <laughs> Crazy. I'll have to... I'm going to have to bring that up to uh, penis next time I'm talking to one. It's going to blow their mind. Uh, okay. So, it was just him and uh, another person playing piano. And for a lot of reasons... It just like shouldn't have been. It was the best. It was so entertaining. But when you have bands playing all day and all weekend, the thing that capped off the weekend was Father John Misty, who, to begin with, might fuck around a little bit or like you don't necessarily know what you're getting. And this was a 90 minute set headlining with like no kind of fallback plan yeah the it seems like if you put him on stage and you give him less people to have to like deliver for yeah that you're you're really rolling the dice so he walked out said something that i forget what uh i forget what the words were and i will say that uh i was uh, a little stoned on pot for this entire set but i so this recollection is slightly hazy, but not really. Like, I was sharp. Uh, but he came out, said something to the effect of, like, the world is a terrible place and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then said, uh, okay, today I have had one beer and one cup of coffee. And I did acid last night and played... Uh, at like a jam band show. So this might be terrible or it could be really good. (laughs) And then he played, I'm writing a novel uh, to open which So I was already like smirking. He's like singing his, like I'm a crazy man who does drug song. And right from the get go, I was thinking, I was like, man, like it's, this is a great big festival and this big field and i'm sure so many people there was like a huge like lawn area where you could bring your chairs and just sit and listen to music all day and i just knew i was like there's so many people here in their 60s who just like came to hear music today and they have to see this guy that's just up there by himself so he uh did i'm running a novel it was great uh played uh a couple more songs then played Chateau Lobby, and at the horn solo part, he's it's just him and the piano player, and at the horn solo part, he says, 
horns <laughs> and people started to sing the horn part and he goes that's okay <laughs> <laughs> just like don't do that uh, that's incredible after one of the songs he says to somebody it was very much like tim heidecker the fuck's the matter with you type thing he says to uh this girl in the front he says are you studying jazz <laughs> are you a music student and everyone like nobody knows what he's talking about and he goes she was mad dogging me that whole song. I'm like, she must be like a jazz student or something. <laughs> and then he's just like, you can't hear what the person's saying. You're just like, oh, no, she's not. Uh, all right, let's carry on. <laughs> and you could, I was tickled. I was, I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. But to well, anybody who didn't know you him. know him. Right. I was yeah. like, this is like the height of performance. Uh, he... At one point, he said, uh, and m- multiple times he acknowledged, like, I don't know if this was, like, the best idea, and I usually don't do 90-minute sets by myself. So at one point, he said, uh, are there any questions? <laughs> so he took some questions, uh, most of which I couldn't hear what they were, but... Uh, well, they don't have... They're not passing around right. a microphone so like he just a said, fucking press conference. So he would just be like, no, <laughs> no, no, Uh Somebody. What if it was just a bunch of people uh, holding up signs that said "Marry me"? Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Somebody did have a sign, and they were like in front of us, and I was like, "I've had a little pot." Cool. That sign's going to be very <laughs> distracting to me. Uh, somebody asked. It was a great question. They said, uh, "Can you play your favorite song?" And he was like, "Can I? Could I what?" She says, "Can you play your favorite song?" It was an older woman. She said, "It can be." Doesn't your have to song, be your own song. Any song you can want. Be, what is your favorite song? I would love to hear you sing it. Spoiler alert. He doesn't do that. Uh, <laughs> he says... Uh, he's a tiny dancer. <laughs> he says, uh, oh, favorite song. What is my favorite song? I'll say that right before this, he had told a story about how he used to steal jeans <laughs> from uh, J. Crew because he knew that it was part of their corporate policy to not have... Uh, no chase policy? Yeah, well, a lot of places have no chase policies, but they had uh, they don't have uh, metal detectors or really? they are, uh, what's it called the you know whatever those detector yeah. things are uh, the security things. So he knew that, so he would steal jeans, and he's like, so I used to steal jeans. I did it once. I don't know why I keep saying like I would do this, but he said uh, he took jeans and he ran to the Starbucks to put them on. Uh, but because he was so nervous, he didn't look at what size they were. So he just had these huge jeans that he wore, and they looked terrible. He said, uh, this was before I intentionally began wearing enormous pants. Uh, so uh, anyway, he tells this story, and after is like, boy, there's a lot of things I could have just done instead of telling that story. I like, I didn't, t- like his guitar was out tune. He was like, he had to tune his guitar after he told that story to play the next song. And he was like, ah, this... Uh, it sounded sh- like he was nervous. He was. He was, it was very, very charming. Uh, That's incredible. He, uh, so then, so the woman says, uh, can you play your favorite song? He says, well, ah, uh, he says, most of my favorite songs are good songs, so I'm not, <laughs> t- like, talented enough to play them. So he says to his pianist, uh, what even is my favorite song? So uh the pianist starts playing Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> so I sent you a video that was like the end of him singing Don't Stop Believing. So he starts singing Don't Stop Believing. Clearly does not really know how that song goes. 
and uh, started like changing the lyrics to uh, "Stealing Jeans" from <laughs> J. Crew. Again, what is anybody there thinking? Uh, a big thing also was he didn't know how to use his guitar tuner, and this was brought up after like one or two songs. He looks off stage and he says, "Because gu- guitar tuners that they'll be on the floor there, it's like a pedal. You play a note." It says how close you are to the note, and then you tune either if it says it, the note's flat or it's sharp, and you just tune. It's pretty simple stuff. But he was how does he not know? Because it was a different pedal than he was used to. So he says so he starts tuning his guitar and he says uh he just looks off stage and he says, I have no idea how to use this pedal. Then he says to the crowd, Anybody here a gearhead? <laughs> Anyone know how to use like this pedal? So someone in the crowd's like, "What's the pedal?" And he's like, "Well, it's a t- tuner, but it's I'm used to. It's usually like in one straight line, but it's going around in a circle and it keeps lighting up and everything." So the person from the audience is like holding his hand through how that pedal works. Really? Yeah. So he tunes it, and then after a couple more songs, he starts to play another one, and he goes, oh, "Hold on, gotta play this fucking video game again." <laughs> If I were to make a pie chart of how he spent his time up there, it's like 35% incredible, like, tear-inducing, heartfelt performances, like 25% crowd work, crowd work, like a lot of crowd work, and then whatever the rest of it is, like, I don't know, like 40% fighting with guitar pedal. It was fighting with tuner pedal (laughs) it was let me run down i frantically uh stoned wrote down uh more things he uh he that's incredible he did the night josh tillman came to our apartment which i was like you said he only played like like six songs he didn't play a ton of songs i i found it really funny somebody uh posted after like my kid met father john misty after the show he was so nice and he even gave him a signed set list and I howled when I saw that set list because not even fucking close. <laughs> he had all these fucking songs he was planning on playing. And he said he did play a bunch of songs, but like a lot of them he didn't. Oh, he started to play Goodbye, Mr. Blue. He says, uh, uh, all right, uh, this one's tough. Uh, this one's tough to do because uh, it's a lot of finger picking and finger picking on like a 95 degree day when you've had acid is like tough uh when you're bad at guitar and uh i'm not good at guitar so yeah i'm I'm actually not gonna play that so people are like groaning they're like he's not gonna play so he's like uh ah fuck it let's try it so like that got a huge cheer they didn't even know what song he was talking about and uh he says as he's like adjusting the capo he was like uh Enjoy that. That will be the last time you cheer for the rest of this. He then started to play it, and it was fucking beautiful because he's great. And uh, when he gets to the first chorus, he goes, This will be the last time, last time I play this song. We're not going to turn to the He's like, or we, we can't play this. Oh, my God. Incredible. It was so fucking funny. Uh, do you know what 
uh, Voss water bottles are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The glass, the glass like straight tube things. So they brought him out a Voss water bottle. It's a big time for gla- for a Voss water bottles because uh, have you seen the trailer for Bullet Train? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a big. Is that a Voss one? I don't know if it's Voss, but it, it's definitely molded after a Voss water bottle where he's like, ah, I'd like this water. You want some? No? Okay. He screws it back on and then he throws it at him as a weapon. Yeah. So they bring him this Voss water bottle and it's like oversized it's very very big and he looks back at it he goes to get a sip of it he goes he walks back to the mic he goes am i still on acid is that the (laughs) what is that water bottle and he picks it up he goes is this festival sponsored by voss (laughs) by far the most I've heard him talk at a show. It I'm was so, so like, I'm so mad that I missed it now. And I don't, I don't want to misrepresent this. Like I don't think people had a bad time. I think that people thought it was like the funniest really? thing. Did they? But people sure, weren't like. But I'm sure people who didn't know yeah, him were course. like. How come the band that was just <laughs> playing songs? Where where did they? Yeah, why did we go from like a full band to a headlining with this one guy who is just unhinged? And very self-effacing the whole time. He uh, explained what Funny Girl was about. He said, uh, this is about uh, a girl that uh, I met. Uh, On Letterman. A celebrity that I met who uh, charm- who I found so charming. I was head over heels in love with her. I was positive that she was like the love of my life. And the day before we met, she started seeing someone, and they're still together to this day. So, really sad story. And, like, after he's, like, played, like, all these songs about how, like, he loves painfully <laughs> in love with his wife he is. Like, he's got his wedding ring on. So, like, I'm... So again, like I, I'm dying at that shit. Like there's like a bunch of Misty fans there in the front who were cracking up. <laughs> uh, so fucking funny. He uh, he explained Q4, which we we've seen a video of him explaining it. This was a way funnier explanation because he said uh, they have signs that uh, describe shows as deeply, deeply funny. funny, and he just shrugged and he goes. That was enough to get me going. <laughs> so uh, he's like, that that one sent me right to the poem zone. So uh, that is, I mean, like he, it has to be pointed out by him to me. Yeah. But like deeply funny does not make any sense. And yeah, the day before De- too. Deeply funny. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? And I think that he's kind of onto something when he says like, what does it say about... About a piece of art, if you want to describe it as deeply funny, it means that there's nothing just, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. It's just so like, ha, 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 ha. this is the thing that is to to be loved. You can be deep and funny, uh, and then there's something there, but you cannot be deeply funny and have some be have there be something there. After he played "Bored in the USA," which was incredible, again, like hearing some of these songs like stripped down were so good and that's really interesting because uh i i think like after seeing him not only him with the philharmon yeah but also mayor with like the big ass band yeah there was like two shows where like it feels like songs have kind of reached their like 
final form or at least like an evolved form. Yeah. So to have like songs stripped down yeah. would be interesting. I mean, I knew that I, I think that he actually made the right call not finishing Goodbye Mr. Blue, even though it sounded great when he was playing it. But that song has like two acoustic guitars finger picking as he not playing guitar at all is singing. So trying to like do it yourself is going to sound just like a lot smaller and cheaping uh, right, cheaping right, down. Right. You'd you'd kinda have to like fake your way through it. But some of the songs are so good and some of the songs I know I know they were on the set list he didn't play, but some of the songs uh that he didn't play would have sounded great too. Like his songs do not all of them lend themselves to like a guitar and a piano, but there are a lot you know of them, what would have? What? Gilded Cage. I know. I was uh thinking that Gilded Cage would have been great. Uh, 2S, which I knew he wouldn't play, would have been great. Uh, he only did two songs off Pure Comedy. He did uh, Total Entertainment Forever and uh, Ballad of the Dying Man. That was That's awesome. Well, that, of course. That yeah. ruled. That's uh, my favorite Missy song. Ever. Yeah. Uh, he only did two songs off of Chloe. Um, he did... Half of Mr. Blue. <laughs> right, you know, two and a half, yeah. Uh, Mr. Blue... Um, Funny Girl and Q4. And like, legitimately, none of the songs didn't sound excellent. Probably my favorite song, my favorite performance of the, uh, of the night was, um, Only Son of the Ladies Man, because he just like really let her rip. He closed with, uh, with Real Love Baby, which I thought was probably like, a peace offering. <laughs> yeah. Here's uh, a song that you guys like. It wasn't on the set list, but so, when he took questions, somebody asked, uh, can you play it? So he said he would uh, do it. And I, I had one more. No, Oh, he talked about why he doesn't do interviews anymore. After he played Bored in the USA, he said, uh, he said, I just learned my label. I can't say this. I just learned my label uh, during quarantine tried to make Bored in the USA a TikTok thing. And he was like, everybody's fired. <laughs> <laughs> he, and then so he, he, he said, uh, he's like, I sincerely apologize to all of you that everything you consume is promotion in some way, shape, or form. And everything is trying to sell something or trying to make you do something. He was like, I... Truly find it fucking disgusting. And that was, that was like the most like felt like a normal Misty show moment. Yeah. So I was like, great point. You're totally right. He got back to like the to like fucking around and everything after. But then he said he was like, that's why I don't do uh, interviews. He was like, it just makes me uncomfortable. And he's like, and you know, if there's anything I need to say, I, I'm like chatting with you guys here, aren't I? <laughs> It was it's fair. It was uh, it, it was the most entertaining headline set I've ever seen at a festival because I couldn't take my eyes off it. Everybody I mean, was the same with, on his same with Missy. Word. Same with Missy anytime, but like in one way or another, right? It's he, just that seems like he found some balance at least. I I thought it was so fucking good and so funny. I'm sure I can't remember if I like wept at any point but i know that like my face was hurting because i was either laughing or smiling the the uh 
entire time. He was great. Can't wait to see him in September. That's going to uh, rock. Hell yeah. You know uh, what else rocks? Busy hard seltzer. Busy, busy, busy. Uh, the summer is basically upon us. Well, I guess it is uh, officially. Uh, the summer solstice was uh, about a week ago. Famously, it was on June 21st. That's yeah. right. Uh, so the summer is no longer upcoming, but uh, the summer is upon us. And if you have summer plans, you should think about including some busy hard seltzer in there because anywhere you go, there's a vibe. And the right. best the best thing for a vibe is a busy hard seltzer. Uh, if you want to make the vibes even better, an ice cold busy hard seltzer is the way to go. They have the uh, they have they pass the vibe check with bold and delicious fruit, fruit flavors, including pineapple mango, black cherry lime, strawberry kiwi, blueberry pomegranate. Uh, they also have lemonade hard seltzer as well as mimosa hard seltzers. Um, and each variety pack offers four delicious fruit flavors like papaya passion fruit, watermelon strawberry, blackberry lemon, raspberry tangerine. Uh, man, that blackberry lemon mm. really hits for me, man. Busy uh, hard seltzer is the seltzer that passes the vibe check. So uh, if you're as excited to try Busy Hard Seltzer as I was, here's how to get yours. Go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. Uh, for any updates on the latest fav- flavor drops, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21 or older to enjoy. Peter saw the black phone. I sure did. And you thought good, not amazing. Good, not amazing is precisely how i felt about it uh i don't have a lot of bad things to say about it but i just didn't i I think that it was a victim of being overhyped i thought about that when you so once the once it actually hit theaters that 100 rotten tomatoes score fell to 84 and i was like "Uh." that's a significant drop so it's not like a universally i mean i was already locked in and i love it i I didn't think it was going to stay at 100, but I guess I'm not totally shocked that people didn't love it because it you have to agree with its supernatural tendencies. Is that why you didn't like it? That like it kind of cheated a little bit? I feel like it cheated a little bit, but it's not even just that. I feel like it it sort of um it it's skimped in areas. Uh like Ethan Hawke and his character were not explored very deeply. Mm. It was just like, take it at face value. Here's like this psychopath. He's creepy. He's a murderer. That's it. Mm. And like, he's got like a cool mask that changes from time to time. Got an even cooler brother. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's really not like, for a psychological thriller, and I think that we had this this, 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 this discussion, it's not so much a horror movie as it is sort of like a psychological thriller or a supernatural thil- thriller. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of horror people took issue with it not being horror. And I don't think that it commits one way or the other. Like, it, it really doesn't... I don't know if it doesn't know what it wants to be, but it doesn't commit to a specific genre. Well, it definitely leans on having the Supernatural Club in its bag because that's how it kind of gets out of a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's Supernatural... When it needs to be. Right. Because otherwise, like, there are a lot of ways you could see that movie and say, 
well, why didn't this just happen? Right. Or how come this happens? And it gets to be explained away by it's a supernatural thriller. Yeah, but like even there are cer- certain things that happen in that movie that that like cannot be explained by supernatural phenomena. Like even like um, I don't know. Are we getting into any spoilers here? Or it whatever? does contain spoilers. Okay, it does, does contain spoilers. Like, all right. So the the brother lives with him. Yeah, and like is obsessed with the case and would literally just have to wake up one night and go pee and discover that his brother is the He's murderer. sitting there. He's sitting there in a mask waiting to kill somebody. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Like, there are a thousand ways that this guy could have been found out very easily. Yeah. And, like, it also builds up to this big twist that I think very much underdelivers. But... That's the kid's not there long, and he, the brother wasn't supposed to be there. The kid's so. not there long, but he's not the only kid that's been there. But the brother hasn't been there. Yeah, but so they you don't, know they, in the beginning when he they says don't like something changed, and he's like, "Why uh, are the cops here?" And he's like, uh, okay. "No, no," and he's like, "But somebody's here," and he's like, "Don't gotcha. worry about it." That's and then when the cops come, he's that's like, fair. Yeah, yeah okay, he's that like, makes sense. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but still, like you are right. I thought about that. I'm like. What's the layout of this house that? Well, like the, at the, no point. The, the, like his, uh, the brother's war room, uh, for lack of a better term, is literally right next to the kitchen. That yeah. that is evidently clear. It's as soon as you walk in the front door, and that's where the guy camps out all night long. He's trying it's to play naughty boy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like it's that doesn't. I can like suspend that that like disbelief or yeah. like that like whatever. But I think it more bothers me that it doesn't really key in on being horror or being like this psychological thing. Like if I can totally get down with it being a half an hour longer to explore like the side of Ethan Hawke's character mm-hmm. because they just don't do that at all. You don't know anything about him. But and that's – I mean I think that also makes it scary because you don't even know that he's ah, – you do. But like – you don't have like the hard facts that he's killing them yeah, until right. you the see end. it. Yeah, like you, you're like, how else are, are some of these things happening? And uh, that'd be a very unlucky town if this isn't the guy that's uh, killing all these kids. But like, th- I like the way that they let everything eventually kind of fall into place and hit because the less you know about him, the scarier it is. I saw it I, twice, and I, saw- I thought the second time. The movie was actually scarier. Like, I, I do think that it was, like, a, a legitimately scary movie. I do get what you're saying where, like, sometimes, it, like, not knowing about the character makes it a little bit more creepy. I didn't feel that way for this movie for whatever reason. Like, I wanted to know more about about this guy because, like, he clearly has a motive and is, like, driven by this thing. And, like, he's not... It doesn't seem like he has like any sort of like very deep mental defect. Mm. He seems like he's kind of there where like he could have like a conversation and get by as a normal guy. I think you have Stockholm syndrome for uh the grabber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, he think he seems that. like a kind of everyday guy that like if you just get him out of that maybe it's the house's fault. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, like, 
he is not like just like this inherently twisted person or like it doesn't seem like he's this like inherently twisted person he has a little bit of charisma like he's got uh, oh yeah he's got charisma yeah and like he's got uh whatever that allows him to get by in his daily life as just a normal guy even to his brother so like what what drives him and like what why is he like fucking hunting kids? I just I kind of need to know that. What a bummer for the parents of the of Ethan Hawke in that movie. Two Do very charming kids mm-hmm. and neither of them get to use their charm in the right way. One is to be a terrible murderer. The other uses it uh to be a cocaine person. To just do cocaine. He just I man Although he, he was trying to use it for good. Right. He, he was, was trying doing to solve cocaine the case. to stay up all night. And, and he did solve, solve the case. case. He did. But he chunked the... Uh, he chunked it, uh, the f- going across the finish line. Exactly. He chunked it when it came down to the wire. He, he, got, it, uh, he got it bad. And then got dissed right after, too. But shout out Finney. Finney came up with a very good plan. Uh, no? I don't think he came up with it. Oh, well, he had help, for he sure. He had a lot of help. But, I mean, the the biggest trap that he sets is a result of a failed thing that he was trying to do. But I he's like, know you know what, like, I can turn this into a trap. I don't even know if that was a trap. I think it was like a, a an accidental victory. Even the day that it happens? Yes. Oh, no, he sets it up well, because he he's se- got the thing that he He sets up the him. trip wire. Yeah. I didn't know. Maybe that was uh, on purpose. I I thought that he buried the um, the the window grate. Yeah, as like a, a means to hide it. Interesting. Yeah, and like that's really what ended up saving him was that was that window grate. Can't and also, how did uh, Mister uh, Mister Grabber not notice that the window grate was gone? He wasn't going down there too often. He wasn't. And he was only delivering meals. Right. He um. I am looking forward to that for that movie to be streaming because I will be syncing up uh, the Mamma Mia 2 soundtrack with the kid showing Finney how to punch. You know, when that's yeah. like both step of them. Back, yeah. Step back, step back. The punch that he's having him do takes about nine minutes to do. That's yeah, the right. longest and, and slowest punch in the world. And I don't think that he ever like actually right. utilizes it. And like Finney's pretty weak. He's just going to tire himself out trying to punch and then fall asleep before he lands it. And but Robert's going to have a field day with that guy. Finney did deliver quite a few heavy blows. Oh yeah, Finney like Finney gets that like mama bear strength. Yeah. Finney gets that uh Tennessee black bear strength, except it's He's the grabber car. Yeah. who gets that Tennessee black bear fate. Uh I thought that it was a I thought that it was a pr- like a pretty good movie. Like um I would say Good to pretty good. I, I loved it. I want everybody I know to see it so we can talk about it. I know a lot of people uh, don't want to see it because, especially if they have kids, it's not a good movie to see if you have kids. It's exclusively about somebody taking kids away. So it's very unsettling in a lot of ways. But I thought that Ethan Hawke was great. I thought that James Ransone was great. I'd love for him to uh, not have to do a cocaine role for once, right? I like it's like he he is so great in that movie. He deserves to not 
have to do that again. <laughs> right. He's kind of getting uh, he's he's getting typecast for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the kids were really good, too. Like, yeah. All the performances were like the performances were certainly not my issue with the problem. With, uh, certainly not my issue with the movie. I, I think that it more came down to uh, me liking the movie, but feeling like I could have liked it. A, a, a lot more and we've also been waiting for this movie for like five years and the other movie for which we've waited five years was overwhelmingly worth the hype which one top gun we didn't wait five years for top gun what we didn't wait for top five years for top gun Top Gun maverick yes that had been being hyped for like ever it had been being hyped but i you per- weren't looking I forward pers- to it i was like I was, I, was. Like, I was just like, okay, this is a thing that's happening. Oh, no. I, I mean, Miles Teller and Jay Ellis were in it. Yeah, but I was I was more like, okay, this is on my radar, and I'll definitely see it when it comes out. But I wasn't like, oh, Top Gun Maverick's been delayed. This is uh, like a plague on my life. I like, didn't th- mm, oh, yeah, I didn't think that the black phone getting delayed was a plague on my I, life. I, I was really looking I, forward to it. I was more disappointed by the three-month or like four-month delay on black phone than I was on finding out anytime Top Gun Maverick was delayed. That being said, I hadn't seen Top Gun, the original, until like two months ago. Mm. And then like once the final trailers for Top Gun came out and I had seen Top Gun, I was like, I cannot fucking wait until Top Gun Maverick comes out. So mm. I guess maybe I get to give myself credit for timing it correctly in yeah. my exposure to Top Gun. But I, w- I-, I was more de- uh, devastated devastated by the delay of this movie than top gun we were just at uh common craft in burlington massachusetts which is a cool space where there's some breweries and uh bars in there there's a big projector you can watch sports it's it's gonna be amazing and uh, i was talking to uh goo of the mac and goo podcast and i felt very good he agreed top gun 1986 trash movie top gun 2022 oh my fucking god how'd they make such a good movie i still haven't found anybody who didn't like the new top gun no i haven't seen it either and like i uh i did see that it was confirmed did you see that it was confirmed that top gun maverick was united states propaganda like the united states military like offered the movie favors in order to make the military look good or whatever or something like that yeah I, i don't care yeah probably it's like when you find out that like hey you know all those like patriotic nights that uh sports teams do they're getting like, paid to do that right yeah. Like, oh, yeah sports teams are terrible they don't do anything unless they're paid i mean like i don't even like necessarily know if it's like terrible like obviously it's it's maybe like a little bit like immoral to be like hey this is what it's like to be a uh military person like glorifying it in that way without showing the the shitty parts of it or whatever but like I'll say there. That's, that's, that's what propaganda is. I get it, but like I've seen, mo- I've seen recent movies that were a lot worse with it. Right. Like this. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of movies that were way more shameless about like like the American Sniper was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, and that like that names an enemy. That names like a specific type of people to be like, hey, these are the bad guys. Yeah. What I like about Top Gun Maverick, and we talked about this, is that like the the bad guys are nameless, faceless, like countryless yeah. basically it is a very nondescript enemy and uh it's just a fucking good action movie and if it's propaganda it's 
the best kind of propaganda that I could ever think could be made. You know what's not a good action movie because it's not a good any type of movie? Elvis. Ooh. Saw Elvis. Austin Butler, I thought, was very good. Which is surprising because I thought if Elvis was going to suck, it would be because Austin Butler wasn't very good. So I'm going to defend him. I don't know what people are saying about him, but he... that. Playing Elvis is hard, I think. That's mm-hmm. like a tough task to not do. And he's not I mean, like a seasoned you know, actor. Joaquin Phoenix did Johnny Cash as a caricature. I think it's like very easy to do Elvis probably more than anybody. Elvis and Arnold Schwarzenegger are probably the two people that it's the hardest to play without sounding like you're just you're going over the top and trying them, yeah. to like, yeah, borderline mock them. I thought that Austin Butler did a really good job. I thought the singing and the music sounded good, which puts it miles ahead of rocket man and come on it? miles ahead of rocket man rocket man was good you know i'm saying like the like how the music sounded. i mean the music wasn't amazing yeah, yeah, in rocket man was but it wasn't it wasn't bad yeah, like yeah, thought, it's hard to beat elton john's music i thought that it was acceptable in rocket man and i thought it was good in um elvis in elvis okay which i mean bohemian rhapsody obviously doesn't even register because they just played queen songs it's the worst fucking movie in the the world but this was a below average movie good performance from austin butler impressed with him tom hanks was legitimately bad which is we both bad, saw bad, bad we saw both saw a very bad tom hanks performance this weekend um because i watched catch me if you can on the plane which catch me if you can is a very good movie very very good movie Tom Hanks is very bad in that movie. I'd have to go back and watch. I know that Tom Hanks in voices isn't a good mix. He's doing a Boston but, accent, and it was. But just, I, th- I still thought he was. G- I, I still remember him being good in that movie. But I remember we all made fun of the the voice when he Kyle Handratty. He was ridiculous. He sounds wasn't like, very good. Uh, 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 Tom Hanks's Boston accent is like fifteen percent of Will's Aziz. It like, I mean, Will Di- does a good Aziz. Tom Hanks doing a Boston accent is like a bad Aziz. DiCaprio gets made fun of for doing a bad Boston accent in The Departed, and uh, Tom Hanks's Boston accent is a thousand times worse in Catch Me If You Can. Tom Hanks basically cartoons up. So again, be easy to make Elvis cartoonish. He makes uh, Colonel Tom Parker, I think, is his name. Uh, Colonel Tom, yeah, he he makes Colonel Tom Parker a cartoon in this. Has movie. can you look it up? Has Baz Luhrmann done a movie since The Great Gatsby? Let's see. Is uh is Elvis his his next movie after The Great Gatsby? Because I mean, if those are his last two, I haven't seen Elvis, but it sounds like it's a complete mess. Directorial wise and like editing wise and that's i mean every time that i watch the great gatsby i'm like astounded at how much of a fucking mess it is all right uh this is his first film since that's the crazy great gatsby he did uh the get down though the hell is that it was uh american musical drama television series created by baz lerman and Stephen adley jurgis the series debuted on Netflix on August 12, 2016, and was canceled after the first season. So he has struck out three times. I was going to say, here. 
is Baz Luhrmann extremely overrated then? Um, he's like a music guy, I believe, right? He, I, th- th- I remember looking him up and being like, okay, he's got a lot more going on than just doing movies. I... He so I'm gonna sound stupid because he has a name that sounds like somebody else, but it's not him. So I was gonna compare. No, him I'm to... I'm pretty sure I looked it up recently, and I think that Baz but his Lerman... big thing was uh, the he did um, the MTV Romeo Romeo and uh, Juliet. Okay, right, and then he did That's Moulin Rouge. Thing? No, I think Moulin Rouge is probably his biggest thing. He is regarded by some as a contemporary example of an auteur for his style and deep involvement in the writing, directing, design, and musical components of all his work. On the screen, he's best known for the Red Curtain trilogy consisting of Strictly Ballroom, Romeo and Juliet, and Moulin Rouge. I gotta tell you, was not a Moulin Rouge guy. No, I think this guy is like very overrated. Yo, are we out on Baz Luhrmann? I think we're out on Baz Luhrmann. I mean, I I, I am like... Did Baz Luhrmann chunk his entire career? (laughs) I am like legitimately enthralled by uh, The Great Gatsby, the movie, because it is such a fucking mess. It It is like an atrocity of how all over the place it is with like it's CGI and it's like musical choices and just... Like I, I don't think that the movie itself is like horrible, but it it honestly feels like you're on an acid trip when you watch that movie. Okay, so I am right. He did write. He did the song uh, "Sunscreen." It is by Baz Luhrmann. I thought I was. I was like, there's somebody whose name sounds like Baz Luhrmann who has a song called maybe it's called "Everybody's Free," but I knew of that song at least. But I got to say, overall. And clearly, I don't know much about Baz Luhrmann. I would be inclined to say he's uh, chunked it top to bottom, <laughs> which brings me no joy because I root for Baz Luhrmann and for everybody to do their best. I can't recommend. Uh, I can't recommend Elvis, though. I'll recommend it to you because we see everything. But yeah. to the average person, I don't recommend it. It was it, it had it just stayed on one track the whole time, and then at the end decided it was going to try to be dark. And I know that. When I say that, you think like, well, at the end, Elvis <laughs> dies. But that's not what I mean. It just tries to like in its final act, it tries to like twist into like a grittier uh, uh, film for the undoing of the relationship between Elvis and his manager leading up to this like big blow up that I'm not the hugest Elvis fan. But when it happens in the movie, I was like, that's not that didn't happen. That's really? absolutely not what fucking goes is like it unfair that. to Elvis? Uh just wrong and just like didn't happen didn't need to do it type of thing and i was like i kind of had some like uh bohemian rhapsody ptsd because i was watching it and i was like like this story is interesting this in itself a very good movie but like whatever i'll watch it and then like when this thing happened i was like god damn it they fucking got me again they got me in the theater to watch some bullshit that didn't happen so i mean like that bothers me too when it's like i mean i don't know enough about elvis and oh no story. elvis is plenty interesting but that's own. but I know but like I wouldn't I probably wouldn't get offended by it. He was a it. white dude doing like all of the best like black things and being incredibly successful. So there's the 
element of appropriation yeah. versus appreciation. No, I, I, no, I know. Like, I, I totally there's get so much interesting. No, no, I totally get that. But I'm, but I'm just saying, it's like I don't personally know that story well enough to be like completely offended by it watching it. Whereas, like, I'm a huge Queen guy. Yeah. So, like, watching that, I was like, what the? F- why? 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 Just tell the fucking story as it was because it's interesting enough. Yeah. Um, but like, I can get why that would be very fucking. I, I don't know. I just don't understand why people need to do that. Like to take fictitious liberties where they don't need to be taken. Just tell it straight. That's what the black phone does. 